Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome back to the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to handle your child's lies. All of us have experienced at one time or another our children lying. When they're young, it can be kind of cute because they're not very good at lying. As they get older or as it becomes a more persistent problem, it can be distressing for parents. And sometimes parents get really fearful that they're raising a pathological liar or a child who's going to really struggle with being honest and telling the truth throughout their entire life. And I want to kind of help make sense of what's going on for your child, where the line might be coming from, so that you can kind of understand what is going on. A lot of us sometimes get really triggered by our child's lies, and we immediately move to kind of address the behavior, to address the lying, and focus on punishing that lie or guilting our child or shaming them when they have lied, and really focus on addressing just the behavior. And as with all things on the 3D Parent Podcast, I'm always encouraging you to think deeper, to go beyond the behavior, to search down and identify what may be causing this particular behavior. So lying is a great place to kind of do this process. Rather than just focusing on the lying and addressing that behavior, helping identify where that might be coming from if you're experiencing lying. And I'd also kind of put sneakiness or hiding something in the same category. I'm all putting that under the same kind of category of lying or sneakiness. So first and foremost, like I said, you need to identify what might be causing this period of lying. Now, in the very young, I once had a preschool teacher call this magical thinking. She didn't even identify it as lying. In the very young, your toddler, your preschooler, these lies might be magical thinking. It might be their imagination. Young children don't have a lot of separation between reality and fantasy. And lying actually might be a part of this in the very young child. So don't be super alarmed. This could just be a natural stage of development where you need to kind of help your child recognize, oh, you know, it's, let's call this, we're going to pretend, we're going to play at this. You kind of help them make sense of the fact that this isn't real. And when you're at play, hey, the sky's the limit. You can say whatever you want to say. You can um, tell stories. You can pretend to be different things. And that's all fine. But helping your child differentiate at this stage what might not be true and is just a form of play, expression, and what is truly not being truthful and trying to pretend that something is real that really isn't real. So at the very young, this might just be this phase of development, nothing to be alarmed at. Just help your child you know, make sense of 
reality versus fantasy. If your child's a little bit older or you're starting to see this crop up and your child is maybe school age or beyond, they could be communicating some something in their life that is stressful for them. And because of that, they're hiding something, they're keeping a secret, they are lying, and it might be communicating stress. You might see this perhaps a child who's lying about not having homework. Oh, I got no homework. I, I got it all done today or the teacher didn't assign it. And then you come to realize later that your child actually was lying and not telling the truth. Well, rather than just focusing on you lied, that's bad, you're being punished, ask yourself, why would my child be lying about this thing? Why would my child not be telling the truth here? There might be something going on for them that is stressful. It might be that they're lying about homework or classwork because it's really hard for them or they're struggling academically or they're struggling at school in general. Or maybe the relationship between them and the teacher isn't really working right now. So rather than just jumping to the conclusion your child has a lying problem, stop and ask yourself, why? Is there some underlying stress that is causing the child to lie? Doesn't mean you don't address the lying as being a problematic behavior, but you don't just stop there. You, you go down and you, dis, you discuss the child what's really going on, what might be causing that lying Another reason a child might be prone to lying more frequently is fear of punishment. So if you've kind of been this more authoritarian style parent, the one that kind of has super high expectations and high demands, but isn't very tapped into their child's emotional needs, not really balancing being a firm, strong, nurturing alpha presence, not balancing the alpha side with the nurturing side. And parents who tend to be more authoritarian, kind of because I said so, basically leading with being an authority figure just because they have the name mom or dad. And when a child steps out of line or lies, they issue some type of a very harsh punishment without taking into account the behaviors, the emotions and the struggle that might be underlying the problem behavior. So if a child is kind of experiencing a lot of harsh punishments from their parents, when they make a mistake, they might be more prone to lie in an attempt to avoid punishment. So take a look at that. If that's your style of parenting and you're experiencing a lot of lying, I encourage you to think instead about a different way of approaching problems with your child, lies, sneakiness, hiding things. Rather than jumping right into issuing a punishment, see if instead you can assure your child that you're going to help them and you're going to support them, and you're going to help them make amends to make things right, that is all you need in terms of a consequence. You don't need to now pile on top of that some type of extra punishment that may make them more prone to lie or be sneaky in the future. So once you've kind of taken a look at your child's lying and what might be at the root cause, how do you address it? What do you do next? Well, first and foremost, you need to make sure your child feels safe to tell you the truth. Back in my episode three, Developing a Deep Connection with Your Child, I talked through the six stages of attachment as described by developmental psychologist, Dr. Gordon Neufeld, in that deepest level of connection where we want our kids to be somewhere around age five or six is being known. This is where a child desires to be known inside and out. They want everything within their heart to be known to their deepest attachments. They would never think about 
keeping a secret or a lie, or if they do, they wouldn't be able to keep it for very long because that felt like too great of a separation. So if you have gotten to that stage of development and your child's kind of an open book and tells you kind of everything that's within their heart, good or bad, you're probably not experiencing much in the way of your child hiding things from you or lying. If you are, this might be what you need to look at. You may have not made it safe for your child, or they may not be quite at that developmental stage yet. Maybe they're four or five or six, and they just haven't quite gotten to that stage of attachment connection with you. And so that's where you want to go. You want to make it safe for your child to make mistakes and to support them through the mistakes and celebrate when they've been honest with you and to help them fix problems without making them feel like it's unsafe to tell you the truth because you're going to shame them. You're going to guilt them. You're going to punish them. As I said, the next thing you want to think about is not making telling you the truth or discovering there's been a lie, something where they're going to feel like they're going to have to receive now a big lecture, which is in a way kind of a type of punishment. I'd call it maybe almost like a torture (laughs) to a child. And lectures usually include a lot of that shaming and blaming kind of language. When you lecture a child, you know deep down that your child knows it's wrong to lie. So it's not a matter of having to teach them that lies are wrong. That's saved for that super young age, that magical thinking age. That's when there can be a little work done in helping your child recognize that, you know, saying something is true and it really isn't could be um, a problem, could be construed as a lie. And that might make people not want to trust you. So that teachy side, that's saved for the very young. After age, I'd say probably like three or four, your child has moved beyond. They know the difference. And it's something they're doing for another reason. And that's why I started with identifying the reason. So don't fall into the trap of now lecturing and teaching your child that lying is wrong and all the reasons why and buying books about lying and teaching them. They know already. They know in their heart that lying is wrong. They're doing it for a reason. Another thing you want to avoid when addressing lying is labeling your child a liar. The sad truth is when kids get labeled anything like a a bully a liar, a stealer, they they start to kind of, it becomes almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't want to ever label a child by their problem behaviors. You don't want to call them a name that identifies them as a problem behavior, or it might just become true after time. So while you might be addressing the problem behavior, you don't want to call the child by that name, a liar. So you could say, I know that you're not telling the truth, or I know that that's a lie, but you wouldn't call your child, you're being a liar. So I would discourage you from using that language. Um, When you're trying to address the lying, I encourage you to not to back your child into the corner and force them into a state of having to lie by maybe asking questions and setting them up for a lie to kind of trap them in lying. Instead, I would encourage you to state facts. So let's say your child um, stole a cookie out of the cookie jar. Rather than going up to them when you're pretty sure you know that's what happened and saying, did you steal a cookie? in which case they might feel just an impulse to react with a lie. Instead, I encourage you to state a fact. I know you stole a cookie and then go on with what you need to say next. So just state it as a fact. You're not going to be 100% correct all the time and that's okay. But if you are right, they're going to be less likely to deny it and to admit the wrongdoing versus feeling like under the pressure to immediately give a reaction, which might be the impulse to give a no for fear of punishment or because they're stressed out for some reason. So I encourage you to not ask your child and trap them into telling you a lie and instead state it as if you already know it to be true. Um, Another thing I want to encourage you to do is... If the child does admit the lie, if you say, I know you took the cookie out of the cookie jar and your child says, yeah, I did, 
first thing you want to do is not go into, um, that's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You're in trouble. The first thing you should do is meet that admission with empathy and frankly, to kind of celebrate that your child told the truth. Say like, you know, I'm really glad you were honest with me. I know it's not always easy to admit when you've done something wrong. And I really appreciate that you gave me the truth here. So you actually, the first thing you do is you celebrate the fact that they told you the truth. Then you can move into like, okay, now we got to make things right. And you can come up with a solution that works. that doesn't feel like a punishment, but is a solution that makes sense for everybody. So in that little example I gave about stealing the cookie from the cookie jar, I'm glad you told me the truth. I know that was easy to do. We're just going to call that dessert. You had dessert already, even though it's the afternoon and usually dessert follows dinner, we're just going to call that dessert right now. That to me seems like a logical consequence of a problem behavior. I'm not now not going to lump more punishment and you lost TV tonight and you're not going to get dessert all week. I would not encourage you to go above and beyond with bigger punishments, which might end up causing more problem behaviors around lying in the future. So instead, I encourage you to meet your child with empathy and celebrate that they've told you the truth and then go into problem-solving mode with your child. If your child does not admit that they've done something that you're pretty sure they have done, I encourage you to let it go for now. They may have their defenses up. They may be experiencing stress, as I talked about before. They may have some underlying fears. I encourage you to let it go for now, not forever, but for now. If it was a one-time thing, just let it go. If it's going to continue to come up or there seems to be a lot of kind of dishonesty around a certain topic, you're going to have more opportunities in the future to kind of try and address it again. And if there's a lot of patterns of lying or dishonesty around something, then pretty soon that evidence is going to build and your child knows that they're not going to be able to deny it for a long time. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. And I have a little story to share having to do with this very thing, with letting something go. Um, when my son, uh, he he was enamored and loved football when he was a second grader. And he decided he wanted to join a club football team. I wasn't a huge fan of this idea because I was terrified about all I had learned and read about head injuries and concussions. But I also understood that this team was really, really aware of those challenges. And at this young age, they couldn't pack a pretty like terrible punch or hurt each other the way that they can when they're much older. And I thought, okay, if he wants to try this out, maybe this is the time to do it. And he'll either love it and he'll get bigger and stronger and um, develop more capacity to not get himself injured in the future, or it will fizzle out and he'll move on to something else. Well, he's, he stuck with um, the football club for the first year and he enjoyed it pretty much, and then signed up for a second year. And the second year, he just didn't have the same passion. And he started to become a little bit fearful. He's not a real aggressive kid. He's not a kid that is super athletic and just like, you know, does just wants to go all in and doesn't care about getting hurt. He actually is pretty cautious and he tends to excel at sports that are not contact sports, like for example, running and track and field. And so for him, that second year of football, kids were a little bigger, they were a little stronger, and he was really scared of getting hurt. And so, um, Early on in the season, it was a game day. And that morning, he just said, oh, my ankle hurts. I can't play. I really got hurt and injured. And we didn't think it was actually 
true. And we said, like, I think you're gonna be fine, bud. You're gonna be fine. But he was adamant. He was hurt. He could not play. And so we said, fine, you know, we'll let your coach know. He went to the game. He stayed on the sideline. He cheered on his team. He was thrilled. He was happy to be on the sideline cheering on his team and happy to not be playing. So we kind of moved through that. He went through a few more practices. The next game day came up. Lo and behold, he hurt himself again and could not possibly play the game. And that second time I go, wow, that seems like a big coincidence that you hurt your ankle um, the same time you did last week. I think there's something going on for you, but I think you're just actually not wanting to play in the game because you're a little scared. Nope, nope, I hurt myself. He completely flat out denied it, was not willing to tell the truth. This continued pretty much the whole entire season. And even though it was so blatantly clear what was going on, He just could not admit that. I think it was just too hard for him to admit what was going on. He wanted to believe he actually was injured and not feel kind of embarrassed about the fact that he was lying and not being honest about actually not wanting to play football. Well, fast forward till spring season and he was signed up for um, baseball. Again, at this age, he had started to be in baseball at the level where the kids start pitching a few innings of the game. And that kind of freaked my son out for good reason, because a lot of those little kids don't have great aim. And quite often they'd throw that ball and would end up hitting uh, the player that was up to bat. And that stressed my son out. And very similar to the football season, he started kind of coming up with stories about why he was injured and couldn't play in the games. And by the time the second game came up, we were able to sit down with him and say, you know what, we've noticed something here. And we we dealt with this in the fall with all the injuries on game day before your football games. And now we're seeing the same thing happen with baseball. And we think we know what's going on. We think that you are scared of getting hurt. And rather than admitting that, you're kind of coming up with a lie. And it, it took us about six months to get to this point and for him to finally admit it. And the tears came and he was able to say, yes, that's what's going on. That's what was going on during football season two. And he, all the truth came out. And for him, there was an incredible sense of relief because he was carrying around a secret. He was carrying around a lie. It was eating him up inside. He's a very deeply connected child to um, both me and my husband. And this was feeling like a big separation for him. So when he was able to finally admit what had happened and what he was doing, Oh my gosh, did we feel connected? And he was so relieved. And he even said, Mom, I feel so good. Thank you for helping me tell the truth. He thanked us because he was so relieved to finally get this off of his shoulders and this this feeling he was carrying around. And so it was worth waiting it out versus punishing my child and making him feel really bad and shaming him into admitting the truth or forcing him or saying, I don't believe you. It was worth the wait to kind of wait for him to be ready to admit it. And then it was incredibly healing and connecting for us. And we found him other activities that were a better fit for him because we were able to finally have an open conversation about him not feeling safe or comfortable playing sports where he could get potentially injured. And we put him into activities that were a better fit for him and his personality and what um, worked for him. So now I want to move on and address, if you're addressing, if you're finding there's an ongoing problem with incessant lying, you're seeing lying and sneakiness a lot of the time. Not exactly like my example of my son, where it was really specific to one type of activity and it was avoiding getting hurt doing sports. You're seeing sneakiness and lying um, in your child often with lots of different reasons all the time. Maybe it's about um, sneaking food or candy. Maybe it's about homework or getting work done. Maybe it's about doing the chores. Maybe it's about anything that, that they could possibly tell a lie about. They're kind of going there or with a lot of frequency. At that point, when you're seeing this amount of reoccurrent lying, you need to take a look at the parent-child relationship. 
It's probably a relationship problem. It's probably at that point. Deeply connected children rarely lie. They just couldn't face that. It feels like too great of a separation. Like the example of my son, for him, it was really specific in this one little area. So I think he could kind of stuff that away until it resurfaced again. But he wasn't prone to lying all over the place. It was really situational having to do with the sports, the aggressive sports. So if your child is telling a lot of lies, that is a sign that there's something going on for them. Holding on to lies should feel like an unbearable separation. Children want to be known inside and out by their deepest connections. And if your child is not there and you've identified that your connection with your child needs some work, that's where you go. So you start to become very intentional with your work on your parent-child attachment. I went to that again at great length in episode three, developing a deep connection with your child. So if you have, it, if you have not listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to go back and listen there. If you think, yeah, I'm getting a lot of lying, a lot of sneakiness, I give you all kinds of ideas in the episode of how to deepen your connection with your child and get it towards that deepest level, that stage six, that being known where your child would never imagine keeping a secret from their parent because it would be too painful. That separation would be too much to bear. So once you've kind of addressed that that might be the root cause and you found new ways to connect and deepen that parent-child connection, and that is really, really, really flowing between you and you feel really solid, that's when you can actually go back and revisit maybe old lies that have been kind of uh, reoccurrent, or maybe there was a big one that your child never admitted that you let go. Once you feel like you've done some work on your relationship and you're feeling really solidly connected, that's a time you can go back and revisit old lies. When your child doesn't feel backed into a corner and the defenses aren't up, that's a good time to go ahead and do that. Um, I have an example of a period of time when my third-born child carried around a lie. Now, at the time, she was five years old. She had just turned five years old. So developmentally, she was just starting to kind of get towards that deepest stage, that being known that would that develops between um, typically age five, six. Um, so she wasn't quite there developmentally, um, but there was something that was keeping her really stuck. And for her, what we were seeing was this huge explosion of aggressive behavior. And it took me a while to figure out what it was. And it all came down to, or it largely came down to a secret that she was keeping from Uh, me and my husband. And for her, that was too much to bear. And because she was sensing the separation by carrying around the secret on her own, we saw all kinds of problematic behaviors and we couldn't quite get to the root of where they were coming. Like I said, she was exploding with aggressive behaviors, lots of hitting and kicking when she'd get frustrated. Um, Some of it, I think, was also fact that she was transitioning from her preschool to a new school. And there was a lot of kind of like unsteadiness about that transition. She loved her teacher. She was really nervous and worried about going to a new school. So there was definitely some of that in there as well in terms of her aggression and her frustration. But at the end of the summer, right before she transitioned into her new school, we were able to identify that the big cause of the aggression was separation she was feeling from her primary attachments. At the time, I'd say primarily from me. And it came out one night out of the blue. All summer, she would refer to her, she'd get frustrated and she'd be aggressive and she'd say things that were really distressing to me, like, I hate myself, I'm so stupid, I keep thinking bad things about myself and I don't want to think them anymore. And I just couldn't figure out what was getting to this. And I just kept on digging and searching. You know, getting to the root cause is not always obvious. Sometimes it takes weeks and months of digging and exploring and trying to figure out the causes. I thought it was all about the transition. I never imagined that when she was keeping a big secret. For her, she had at the end of her preschool, um, when she was leaving that preschool, she had 
put into her backpack a bunch of these little toy dogs, these little tiny little miniature dogs. I think she she grabbed like maybe 10 of them. And during the course of that day at preschool, she was kind of sneaking them into her backpack and she brought them home. And when she got home, she hid them in her house and she felt really guilty and aware of them. And so she was trying not to think of that, about this secret that she was keeping, that she'd done this naughty, sneaky thing. And she felt so terrible about it, but wasn't willing to admit it. And so during the summer, when she'd say things like, I keep thinking bad things about myself, I don't want to think it. That's what she was referring to. But I didn't know that at the time. I was thinking like, oh gosh, what is going on with my child? I got to get to the root of this. What's going on? And trying to explore deeper Um, One day, and we figured this out later, one day, um, my son, who's five years older than this um, daughter I'm referring to, discovered her little stash of the little dogs that she had stolen. And she went ballistic. I actually wasn't home at the time, so I heard about it after the fact. Um, but she went ballistic when my son discovered the stash. And he didn't, he was like, oh, look, at, I just found these little dogs. Aren't they cute? And she freaked out, like epic proportion freaked out. She took them and she hid them someplace else. And I heard about this later and I didn't really know what my son was explaining. And I thought they just had some fight over a toy. So I didn't, didn't put a lot of um, focus on this event. But I came to find out later that that was a huge clue because at the end of the summer, one night we were reading books in bed, super warm and cuddly and connected. And my daughter said to me, I need to tell you something and I'm really scared to tell you and I don't want to get into trouble. And the first thing I did was I made it safe for her to tell me the truth. And I said, I want you to tell me everything, even something that's hard to tell. And I promise you, we're going to be okay. I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to help make things right. And so then she told me the truth and she told me about stealing the dogs. And she told me, and all the tears came, all those tears that were kind of built up inside that were leading to her aggression came flowing out because when a child doesn't want to feel those really, really painful, vulnerable feelings in her case, she was feeling a lot of them. She was feeling that guilt. She was feeling responsible. She knew she'd done something wrong and she didn't know how to fix it. So she was feeling so many vulnerable feelings. And she was trying to avoid feeling those feelings. And that looked like aggression. So this night, she told me the full truth. And the first thing I did was I celebrated with her. And I said, I am so glad you told me this. You should not have to deal with something like this on your own. I know you knew this wasn't okay to do. And I'm so glad you told me because now I can help you. I can help make things right. And so we had big hugs. And we spent a lot of time just talking about how good it felt, to be honest, how that must have felt like a big separation and really hard to keep that secret from me. And I'm so glad I know no. So we spent a lot of time on that kind of like celebrating and connecting before we even dealt with what are we going to do? now. And then once she kind of felt like so much better, then we said, okay, let's, let's figure this out together. And it didn't feel like punishing. I didn't shame her. I didn't make her feel bad. In fact, I did the opposite. I said, I know you knew this wasn't okay to do. You know, it's not okay to take things. And that's why it was so hard to carry the secret. And so then we brainstormed together a way to make things right. And what she decided to do was to, um, she felt too embarrassed to go take the dogs directly to the school and the teacher. That felt a little too embarrassing. And I was totally fine with that because I knew she would do that eventually. Eventually, she would face the teacher. First step she wanted to do was write a letter. And I helped her write a letter and she drew some pictures. She apologized, said she was so sorry that she had taken the dogs. And we put them into a little package along with the dog, um, the little toys. And I was able to hand deliver to... um, her uh, old preschool teacher. And of course, the old preschool teacher and I just thought this was so adorable. And we were so proud of her. And she wrote a letter back to my daughter saying how proud she was of telling the truth and that she didn't that there was no problem behind them, that she still loved her deeply and was so proud of her for doing such a big kid thing and admitting the lie, the the sneakiness and the stealing. And then um, 
the next, the, the repair was made. And then the next time my daughter saw um, the, her old preschool teacher, they gave each other a hug and they just felt so connected. So that's an example, another example of a way in which um, there was an underlying problem having to do with sneakiness, with lying, um, and how I kind of dealt with it, kind of going through the steps that I talked through during this podcast. I hope this is a help to you if you are experiencing lying with your children. And this gives you some ideas of some things that you can do to try and determine the root cause and how to address the lying and how to identify if there might be something going on a little bit deeper on a more relationship level if this has been a recurrent problem. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.